Hey loves, I'm Marley Liss, and welcome to the Sensual Revolution. This is a global movement to reclaim sensual empowerment on an embodied and systemic level. My personal path of sensuality has not been easy. Shame around my body image, sexual abuse, and my queerness had me dissociated and numbed the heck out. It's been a big journey to get to where I am today, but I really have turned my pain to purpose. Along the way, I've learned our personal healing makes epic waves in this world. This podcast is here to remind you that your healing is selfless. When you learn to shed shame, love your body, and claim your worth, you pave the way for all people to do the same. Here, you can expect to hear from sexual educators and healers who work at the embodied level of sensual empowerment, as well as policymakers and justice leaders who work at the systemic level. It's all connected. So whether you're at the very beginning of your own sensual healing journey, or you're a sex-positive advocate and superstar, this community welcomes you. Let's come together and revolutionize this planet one loving, sensual step at a time. Hello loves, welcome back to another episode of The Sensual Revolution. As per always, we have a super epic guest for you this week. You are going to get to hear from the freaking amazing human Melanie Crystal, who's the founder and CEO of Laurels, which makes ultra-thin, silky latex underwear that helps more people say yes to oral sex and pleasure. Prior to creating Laurels, she was a healthcare and consumer products attorney, part of the legal team that secured gay marriage rights for the Western United States. So freaking cool. Uh, Melanie also fought for LGBTQ rights in California. Ohio is a field organizer in the National LGBTQ Task Force. As the inventor and CEO of Laurels, Melanie holds four patents, been featured in New York Times, Fast Company, Cosmo, has been a speaker at SXSW, can't say letters, Lesbians Who Tech, and the Sex Expo. So all around, really freaking cool and very inspiring human who shares so much wisdom and empowerment with us today. In this episode, you're going to hear all about how Laurels is revolutionizing and enhancing access to oral sex. You're going to hear about breaking down stigma and misconceptions around oral sex, reasons barriers during oral sex can feel important and empowering. That can include like genital shame, gender dysphoria, navigating trauma, which you'll hear about today. We talk about queering sex, letting go of sexual scripts, and how unlearning compet can shift everyone's sex life, as well as navigating censorship around sexual wellness on social media. So it's a super, super epic conversation, and I'm so in awe of like how deep we went with this topic. It was so beautiful. I also want to remind folks that April is coming up just around the corner, and April is Sexual Assault Awareness Month. So if you're a human who's looking for a speaker for your classroom, university, campus, organization, company, community group, whatever it is, I would be honored to come and speak with your community on restorative justice and sexual violence, as well as all things healing after trauma and inclusive sex education. So if you're someone who's looking for a speaker, don't be shy. Give me a shout out. You can go to marleylist.com speaking and you can book and inquire about my offerings there. It's always such a pleasure to amplify these messages and share these stories with you. So let's Let's do the thing and dive into today's conversation. I'm so excited for you to hear it. 
Hello, everyone. Welcome back. I'm so excited, like so, so excited to be here with Melanie Crystal, who is such an iconic human doing iconic, very important work in the world. So yay for that. How are you today? I'm great. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. Yay. My pleasure. Like Laurel's is so cool. And I'm just really stoked about all of the work you're doing and the conversations that we can have today. I always start with this question that you can answer in literally whatever way feels good for you. Um, who are you in this chapter of your life? That's a great question. Um, I think that this is a really different chapter than a lot of the other chapters of my life. Um, I think that in this chapter, I am creating something from scratch, although maybe that was last chapter. Last chapter, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so last chapter <laughs> was creating this thing that hadn't existed before, and it was a very frankly, a very solitary process, um, spending a lot of time thinking and strategizing and learning um, and interacting with other people, like interacting with designers and engineers and all of that stuff. But those conversations were kind of few and far between. And it was like a, a very um, lonely, honestly, process mm -hmm. coming up with the product and getting it to market. And so this chapter is, uh, is kind of the celebration of this new product that exists that is helping lots of people have a better sex life. And this is a very social <laughs> chapter. Um, you know, I'm interacting with people all of the time from my coworkers at Laurel's to, uh, you know, podcasters and, um, you know, agencies and um, contractors and just so many different people that I'm working with on a frequent basis. And then also interacting with customers and being present within customers' lives as well. Um, so this is a really exciting and fun chapter and I feel really lucky to be on this journey. I love that. It sounds like last season was like cocoon times and this is butterfly season. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. It's totally butterfly season. I'm flying around. <laughs> I love Spreading that. Spreading my wings. <laughs> yes, yes. Spreading your wings and empowering people all over the world to spread their legs. Yeah. <laughs> so great. <laughs> so <Love> great. <laughs> so can you share more about like what Laurels actually is and the work you do and feel free to share as much or as little around this, but what led you to this work? Yeah, so laurels are silky latex undies for full sensation, zero hesitation, oral sex. Uh, folks use them for, for not only oral, but also rimming and fingering and scissoring and basically the ability to do uh, tons and tons of different fun sexual activities. But when they're being held back, by something that's preventing them from not wanting to like have that skin to skin contact or like the face to body contact. Laurels help you basically be able to feel all of the sensations of those activities, but without having that skin to skin. Um, so what led me to this? Um, I was a peer sex educator during college and I would teach about a product called the Dental Dam. Mm -hmm. um, 
and you know I'm your, your, your listeners probably know that it's basically a stretchy piece of latex that you um, hold in place with two hands during cunnilingus and it is the product on the market for STI protection during oral sex and so I would teach about this product um, and it was such a laughing stock. People were, were like, wait, it's called a dental dam. Are you serious? I'm supposed to integrate that into my sexual activities. That's not hot at all. And then also, you know, the fact that you have to hold it in place and that it's, it's loose and it can get up. And if you're the giver, it gets, gets up inside your nostrils. If you're the receiver, um, many different layers kind of go on top of one another. So you aren't necessarily getting this thin, barrier in between your partner's mouth and you. Um, so I really, you know, back then I was happy that the dental dam existed. I think it has a lot of utility, but I just thought there was so much more that it could do and so many, so many improvements and ways that, um, things that would make people more enthusiastic about using them. And that also like during the activity would improve your sexual experience, you know? Um, and so I didn't really have an idea back then or anything. It was just kind of that like, this should be better, you know, more thought should have gone into this product. Um, and so then uh, later on in my life, uh, I was in an intimate experience and we found ourselves wanting a dental dam. And I just thought like, is this really it? Like here we are on this really romantic vacation trying to have, you know, the best intimacy of our lives. And like, really I'm supposed to hold this thing in front of my body. Mm -hmm. um, I just really wanted something better. I wanted something that was created with um, women and people with vulvas bodies in mind and that helped us feel confident and great and good about ourselves during this activity. And it was just kind of a light bulb moment. Oh my gosh, it could be like sexy lingerie. What if it were sexy lingerie? Mm -hmm. um, and so that's kind of when I thought of the idea to turn the dental dam into something that was sexy. And then I started realizing that STI prevention isn't really the only thing that's holding people back from enjoying all of the oral sex they could possibly want. There's so many other reasons that people turn down um, what is a really amazing intimate experience. And, and so many mm. people know, like they know oral sex feels amazing and I really enjoy it when it's happening, but there's just kind of this like burden in getting to that that intimate activity. It feels so personal for mm -hmm. so many people. And I realized after thinking of the idea for dental dam underwear that this could actually solve all of those other reasons that people are turning down oral when they want to be saying yes. Mm -hmm. uh, and so basically a few years ago, we launched the product for all of those other reasons that people are turning down oral. Um, and we've been working on getting FDA clearance for laurels to be an STI protection device. And we are in the process of getting that clearance. Um, I'm hoping that we'll, we will be receiving good news soon because uh, it will be just a really amazing time for there to be like a true dental dam replacement. I'm so excited for it. Yeah. Ooh, I love it. And I just like really appreciate how much depth 
there is to all of it as well because you're so right like the more we kind of like hone in on one act of sexuality or whatever it is like we uncover so much and we end up like yeah realizing all these things around like trauma from intimacy and different needs and inclusion and I know that laurels is so much about all of that which is one of the things that I just like love about the company um I know on your site it's like the world needs more oral and I think you're so right that there is this kind of stigma or intensity or like silencing taboo around oral sex I'm curious like why do you think that is and just like what are some of the biggest myths and misconceptions around oral sex that contribute to that stigma yeah I think there's a huge amount of stigma I I think I was naive to the amount of stigma that there was before I started this company Mm-hmm. Um, I think like being within the queer community, oral sex is so much a part of our intimate activities that it 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 obviously feels a hundred percent natural and good and like just an, an important part of, of what we do. And I think, you know, creating this company and being around a a huge variety of spaces, you know, not just the queer community, um, it's become very apparent that a lot of people feel really uncomfortable with oral. And I think that's within the, I I think that's within the queer community too, but I think it's also within the straight community. Mm -hmm. Um, And then also not necessarily like on a personal basis, but when it comes to business, like people are very comfortable in a business talk, business context, or at least relatively comfortable in a business context talking about sex, uh, you know, mm-hmm. or intercourse, what what so many people just call sex, which, you know, I have thoughts on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, people are so comfortable talking about intercourse, but then when you talk about oral sex and rimming, people like, oh, you know, oh, those are the dirty kinds of sex. Those are the kinds of sex that isn't comfortable to talk about it, you know, cocktail mm-hmm. parties or in business meetings or whatever. And, and I think that a lot of it is because of, you know, the, the fact that even though most intercourse that exists in the world exists for, for the creation of pleasure rather than the creation of offspring. Mm-hmm. I think we kind of assume uh, like, like in, I wish I, I, I would love to put this really well. <laughs> I'll see if I can do it. But yeah. <laughs> I think, I think even though everybody knows that most intercourse is for fun and for pleasure, I think we tell ourselves, oh, they're doing that to create babies. And Mm -hmm. that is a good thing for society. So we are okay with sexual activity because it's creating offspring. Um, And I think that that is why intercourse gets placed in this different category uh, in a business context. And this happens over and over again. So, um, you know, products that exist for intercourse, if it's like basically for procreation, those products are allowed to advertise on many different channels. Mm. But if you're creating products that are meant for pleasure, then you're not able to advertise on a lot of those different channels. And 
that and so I actually received an email this morning um, that was talking about how since our website mentions oral sex and rimming, those are like pleasure related sex acts. And so therefore we are restricted in our advertising on a particular channel because oral sex and rimming are about pleasure. But there's an assumption that intercourse or just regular sex is not necessarily about pleasure because you can you know, tiptoe around and say, oh yeah, it's for procreation. Um, gosh, it makes me really angry. <laughs> it makes me uh, so angry, yeah. It, yeah, and, and it's not just that you know, procreative sex um, gets put on this pedestal. It also bothers me that pleasure is not a good enough reason to have sex. Mm -hmm. I mean, we do so many things for pleasure in our daily lives. Like we watch TV, we cook, we like play basketball, we dance. Like there are so many important parts of our lives that exist so that we can experience pleasure and connect with other people. Like, mm -hmm. why is sex put in this dirty, terrible category that you can't possibly, you know, reach out to people and let them know that your products exist? It's it's quite frustrating. Yeah, I think I went very off topic. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's perfect. It's like so. Uh, it's so important to talk about, and I'm just like shaking my head so hard as you're sharing about like, yeah, like that censorship of oh, because this is about pleasure we're not going to be able to advertise this. And it is like, it's so, um, like, I feel like a lot of the time, I'm sure you get this when you talk about what you do. And like, I get this, I talk about sex education, all these things, people kind of are like, Ooh, like, that's fun. Like, that's cool. And it is, we love that. Lots of pleasure, lots of fun. And it is so interwoven with all these systems of oppression um, like that sounds so incredibly heteronormative and like abstinence module model and like just rooted in like, yeah, like so, so, so many things. So, uh, it is so, so wild and it can be really difficult. Yeah. People, I, I had a conversation with actually like a friendly investor um, who I really respect a lot. And um, he was basically asking if the product could eventually be used for, and I quote, sex sex. <laughs> and, and I was like, you mean intercourse? And, yeah. but, but you know, that's, like it's not really on him like that yeah, is a mentality yeah. that exists throughout this country that like sex sex or intercourse is like the prized thing and that other forms of sex like oral sex and rimming and fingering and all of these things that honestly lead to more pleasure for yeah. most people with vulvas mm -hmm. uh that all of those things are secondary yeah and that's part of my mission with laurels is to raise the profile of other forms of sexual activity so mm -hmm. that like people who don't necessarily love in intercourse uh, can have all of their sexual activity put on this pedestal as well. And yeah. so that, you know, oral sex can become 
a much more normalized part of almost every sexual encounter. And that mm -hmm. fingering can become a normalized part of every sexual encounter. Um, because those are those are ways that women and people with vulvas are able to really truly get everything possible out of every sexual experience. And I want that to be normalized. Hello loves, we're gonna take a quick break from our conversation to tell you about my signature group coaching program, the Sensual Wholeness Academy. This is an eight month program for women and non-binary folk who are ready to let go of shame and claim self-love, sensual empowerment, and somatic healing within an epic community rooted in radical acceptance. The course includes eight modules which dive into content like strengthening boundaries, claiming your true yes and no, transforming shame around sexuality, building a mindful self-pleasure practice, releasing body and genital shame, transforming trauma-inclusive sex education, empowered intimacy, the wheel of consent, and so much more. When you sign up for the Central Wholeness Academy, you get access to live weekly group coaching calls featuring embodiment practices. You get the eight video training modules. You get access to our VIP virtual community space where you receive ongoing support throughout the whole program. You get guided journal prompts, community to last a lifetime, and bonus workshops with amazing guests. If you're someone who's ready to let go of shame or numbness and claim the sensual empowerment and self-love you deserve, then your next step is to go to marleylist.com slash SWA. You'll also see the link for that in the show notes. So here you'll see plenty more details about the program and you'll be able to set up a free consultation call with myself where you'll receive personalized support and explore if this is a fit for you. So I'm so looking forward to connecting with you on this call. You're so worthy and capable of this reclamation. I want it to be normalized. I already said it. <laughs> Heck yeah. Yeah. I'm so wish with you. And there's like a, there's like a narrative that like, like you're describing and it's not just that one guy. It's like that societal narrative that kind of says like this form of pleasure and sexual intimacy doesn't count and I think inherent with that is this idea that like certain populations don't count because like mm -hmm. we're saying like that perpetuates all these narratives of like oh like how do lesbians even have sex like all this like ridiculousness um so I think it's so powerful that what you're doing is just like pleasure counts like it matters it has value I'd love to just like take a moment to just like have some like praise for oral sex facts and I would yes. just love to hear about like what is awesome and wonderful about oral sex so okay there's like the statistics and then there yeah. is like the mentality and for me what I think like mentality wise is so cool about oral sex is there is almost always, except for 69, which is very complicated and doesn't really happen that often. Um, there's almost always like a giver and a receiver. Mm -hmm. And there's so few intimate activities that we engage in where one person is able to fully be focused on and to mm -hmm. be fully receiving all of that pleasure as a gift from their partner. And, you know, many times their partner is very much enjoying the experience too. And like oftentimes can, you know, be getting off on their own, like while they're performing, but like, like whether that's 
like, you know, helped along with a vibrator or it's just a very arousing activity for the giver, but it's really about the receiver and their pleasure. And like the giver being able to listen to what the receiver is saying and the movements that they're making and the noises that they're making and feeling their body and being able to respond fully to that in a way that makes the receiver just feel as freaking good as possible. And I think because so many other sexual activities, like people are receiving pleasure simultaneously, um, like the, the giving and the receiving is kind of mixed together, which I think makes the experience slightly less like um, meditative, you know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. it's so harder cool. to focus if you're trying to please somebody else and receive pleasure simultaneously, you know? And wow. so d- during oral, it's really all, it's all about the giver. Um, and like, and and like even fingering doesn't provide that, right? Because so often, um, just like due to the positioning of bodies, like oftentimes mm-hmm. like fingering and scissoring, um, those activities uh, are happening simultaneously. So you're thinking about pleasing your partner and then you're also thinking about pleasing yourself. And so anyway, I think that oral is like very pure in that, in that way. Um, mm-hmm. And then if you look at the statistics, So oral is three times more likely to lead to an orgasm for people with vulvas than intercourse. And like, that's a substantial difference. Um, And, you know, it is like absolutely constantly rated as like one of the most pleasurable activities. Um, And yet there's so so many statistics saying that people do turn it down a lot. In our own study, we found that 87% of women have turned down oral even when they want it to say yes. And it was for a variety Mm -hmm. of reasons, Uh, but it really, it happens a lot. I hear it all the time. And and I want people to be able to engage in this activity whenever they freaking want to, you know? And so what, what I love about laurels is they come in this you know, little pouch, you're able to keep it on your bedside table or in your pocket or in your bag and just like, you know, rip it open and slip your laurels on and be able to say yes to pleasure whenever you're wanting it. Mm -hmm. What a gorgeous perspective. I like love the way that you described that around giving and receiving and this almost like meditative experience. And like, we'll definitely talk about trauma-informed intimacy, but that's something I'm so passionate about, like as a survivor and doing a lot of work with the survivor community. And like, there's so much magic in everything you just shared around us coming out of dissociation and into really gorgeous embodied intimate experience. So, so much yes to that. Wishing like all of the listeners and everyone in the world, the most empowering abundant oral sex ever in whatever way mm-hmm. feels good for you <laughs> yes um yeah so I would love to like talk more about trauma-informed intimacy and to maybe hear some of those reasons that you feel like people might be shying away from oral sex even when deep down they really do want it right so um I mean a big reason is related to what you're talking about. It's people who have undergone traumatic experiences in the past, whether they were physical or whether they were emotional or verbal. Um, And because of those things that have happened, 
it's often, as, as your listeners know, extremely difficult to engage in intimacy, um, any kind of intimacy. And sometimes oral in particular can be pretty tough for people um, because of the visuals that are involved um, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. also be- because this person's sensory system is up so close and personal to something that folks have had trauma in relation to. And a lot of folks tell me, like, it's just very hard to have somebody's face right there. And Mm -hmm. like, I want to experience those sensations. I know that it can feel really good, but it doesn't feel worthwhile to me because it puts me in a place that I don't want to be. Yeah. 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 There's so, so much in that. And I also hear like the interweaving of like Western beauty standards and like the sort of genital, um, the same way that we like so many of us deal with body shame, like genital shame is such a part of that. And we know that like labiaplasty is the fastest growing cosmetic surgery in the States. And there is so much shame around that. So like, yeah, thank you for bringing that up as well. Yeah. And, you know, for a lot of people, they want to get fully past that. And, um, and that's a great way to be able to engage in in intimacy Mm. for, for a lot of other people. It's sometimes hard to get fully past it and they want to be able to engage in intimacy in the meantime. And so you know, different barrier methods are really a good way to be able to do that because mm-hmm. you don't have to be thinking about these, these things that are, that are turning you off, that are turning you off and sometimes making you completely shut down. Um, so we're really happy to be able to provide that for folks. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in addition to trauma, then there's also people who, um, you know, have gender dysphoria and don't want their genitals to be associated with their sexual activity. Like they still want to feel a lot of good things, but they don't want to have to think about their parts. And so that's another reason why a lot of folks will use laurels. Um, and then, you know, the, the range is kind of wide. So then we also have people who love laurels as a fun and kinky toy. I mean, you know, latex is latex fashion is really prominent these days. And kink is also for a lot of people, a fun way to engage in sexual activity. And so laurels um, provide that as well. Then there's also, um, you know, things like if you're on your period and you're concerned about mess and mm-hmm. you really want those feelings of oral, but you just don't want there to be blood involved, um, laurels are able to provide a barrier uh, for that. Um, for people who, uh, you know, their partner maybe has a scratchy beard and it physically hurts um, mm-hmm. or people with like ultra sensitivity in their clitoris or their vulva, um, basically there's just all of these different reasons that make it a little bit too intense to have skin to skin contact during oral laurels are there to act as this ultra ultra thin barrier um that allows you to really feel the sensations but block the things that are holding you back from really being able to enjoy the experience Oh, I'm so grateful for this. And it's such a compassionate approach. I think that like 
so much of our this feels very capitalist vibes like so much of our capitalist world is like this kind of once plus then equation where people are like once you fully overcome shame then you can experience this gorgeous thing once you fully like make peace with your body all these different things um once you fully like heal disempowerment around your period then you'll whatever right so it's like all of that is like bringing in such narratives of like self-blame and just like not enough you like you haven't healed enough sort of vibes um I know that that's something like I've felt before in the past as a survivor like oh if I was really healed then I'd be good with like every sexual act under the sun like and I love that you're offering something that makes it no longer all or nothing it's like you can be where you're at and you deserve to feel pleasure in a way that feels genuinely safe for you in this moment. So I am so grateful for that. And I'd love to hear more about like, I know you've used that wording of like meeting people where they're at in their pleasure. So anything else that you want to share around that concept? Yeah, sure. Um, So, you know, I talked earlier about like givers and receivers and I think that there are reasons that both givers and receivers sometimes feel uncomfortable with oral. And I think that a lot of blame is placed on both parties. And I think that that's really unfair. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, if you're, if you're a giver and you, or sorry, if you're a receiver, I'll talk about that first. Um, If you're a receiver and you, for example, just got back from the gym and you're very turned on, but it makes you feel a little bit uncomfortable to have somebody right there. Um, You're just a little bit worried both for yourself and for your partner. And, you know, we know that that bodies aren't supposed to smell like flowers, you know, bodies are supposed to smell and taste like bodies. And, Mm -hmm. um, and, and we know that, uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we're comfortable every single time with our partner providing skin to skin contact during oral. Um, and to me, there's nothing wrong with a person feeling that way. Like it's okay that you don't want to receive oral at that time. You're not like a bad feminist, you know? Um, and, mm-hmm. uh, and then also if you want to talk about rimming, uh, we tell ourselves that like, we want to be comfortable with all body bodily functions, but maybe it just like, is a little bit weird to have somebody's face be right in your tush, you know? And mm-hmm. that is a reasonable way to feel it. Doesn't, again, it doesn't make you a, a bad feminist. And, you know, I'm not saying that in all of these activities, like, you know, get laurels, then therefore you will be able to have this sex. Although, it's true. You will, but like, you know, you can <laughs> yeah, also yeah. turn it down. You know, you, you can also turn mm-hmm. it down at that time and that's okay. You can also say, hang on. Like I want to take a shower right now and that's okay too. You know, you, you have options and you don't need to feel like you need to say yes. Um, mm-hmm. obviously. Uh, so, you know, that's kind of where it is in terms of the receiver then also for givers of oral sex. And, you know, I kind of want to think about this more broadly. So giving oral sex to people with vulvas or people with penises, um, you know, I think 
that givers can often have sensory concerns about, um, you know, the way that the person's skin feels in their mouth, the way that the person's pubic hair feels inside of their nose. For me, I know pubic hair can tickle me a lot. And like, I was recently telling a story on TikTok about how I sneezed while I was performing <laughs> oral sex on, and like, and, yeah. and that's a thing that happens to people, you know? And, um, and so there's like the skin contact that can be uncomfortable for a giver. There's the, the pubic hair contact. There's the scent. Um, you know, I think that there's a wide range of scents that penises and vulvas have. And sometimes we don't love all of those scents and mm -hmm. that's okay. Like mm -hmm. doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't make you a bad lover, but what we do encourage is that you have communication about these things and that you talk with your partner about it and see what the best way is for you to be providing pleasure to each other. Um, mm -hmm. Whether it's not doing it at that moment, whether it's doing it after showering, whether it's incorporating a barrier method so that you're able to not be concerned about that. Um, we really encourage communication uh, with your partner because having these feelings isn't shameful. It's just the way that some people are. And mm -hmm. some of it's societal. Sometimes it's like biological um, or sensory and, um, and it's okay to feel that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Snaps for that. Um, <laughs> I hear in that as well, like a really powerful shift away from performative pleasure. Cause yes. I think that, yeah, so often we're like, you either like a hundred percent vibe with something and you're like moaning so loud and it's like the best experience in the world, whatever. Like, it's just like, so like a hundred percent perfect, um, yeah. or it's not happening at all kind of thing. And I love that you're bringing in that space for like kind of nuanced and layered sexual experience where there can be beauty and intimacy. And there can also be like boundaries to discuss or preferences to be shared. And I think that's really important. Another sensory issue that I feel like a lot of people experience, a lot of givers experience is uh, related to wetness. So if you're performing oral sex on a penis, a lot of folks are really uncomfortable with the idea of semen getting inside of their mouth. Um, if you're performing oral sex on a vulva, a lot of people are really uncomfortable with the idea of, um, uh, of the wetness of the vulva getting inside of their mouth. And, you know, I think most people in a, in an effort to please their partner will try to get past these things, but, and, and for some people, they are able to get past them, but for a lot of people, it's just not something that they, they're comfortable with. A lot of people have texture sensitivities. I, I can really identify because I have this weird thing about touching microfiber uh, with my mm -hmm. like finger. And it's actually, it's funny because like my mom and my sister both have the same like weird sensory issue with touching microfiber. But like mm -hmm. a lot of people have sensory issues with, with certain textures. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. And I, uh, I hope that people who experience that are able to talk with their partners and figure out ways that they can please their partners, um, you know, whether it's via oral sex or other activities or incorporating a barrier into their oral sex activities. Yes. 
Yeah. Thank you so much for that. There's like, so, so I'm like, I'm learning so much from this podcast. I'm like so excited for everyone to listen. Cause there really is like so much around all of this. And I know that another thing that we align on is kind of saying like, fuck compet, like fuck compulsory heterosexuality. And, mm-hmm. um, that plays into that a lot. And I know you mentioned that before as well, like the ways that these kind of narratives that like um, minimize or like place less importance or stigmatize whatever oral sex, like kind of are shitting on the queer community, queer experiences of sex. So can you, I know like I've talked about Compet on this podcast before, but maybe just like explain what that is and describe like, how laurels is kind of like shifting that narrative in a way um okay so so my understanding of it is the basically the society societal impulse to be heterosexual to perform heterosexuality to um you know have heterosex and to kind of go through this life of Meeting someone of the opposite gender and marrying them and having children and, you know, gender roles in the relationship, that that is not only what we do, but also what we should want for ourselves. And Mm -hmm. I think that a lot of people do go through life assuming that that is what their life is going to be. And then when they start feeling feelings um, towards people of the same gender, um, or towards non-binary people or, or wanting sex that is different from like compulsive heterosexuality sex, um, that they, um, you know, are, are really thrown by it. And it's very confusing and hard to understand, um, Mm -hmm. because society has told us that there is a certain way that we should live life. I think that it's really important and such a clear tie in because it's like all of this stigma around oral sex and all of this kind of idea of like what we were saying before about like that doesn't count or like that guy being like, when are you going to talk about real sex or like, is this going to be about real sex sort of thing? Mm -hmm. Um, All like implies that queer sex isn't like anything other than like penis and vagina penetration like Mm -hmm. does not count or hold as much value and I think that does come so full circle to everything you were saying about like the value on like reproductive sex even though that language might feel very like kind of medieval and outdated like it's still that narrative is still persisting so I just think there's a really interesting tie-in and I think you already have like outlined it really powerfully in like so many ways. Hello loves, just jumping in to tell you about the 2S LGBTQIA plus community space that Eva Bloom and myself have created. The Fuck Compet Support Club is an epic space to connect with fellow queer and questioning humans, to build community and to process Compet, which is short for compulsory heterosexuality. This space is just $10 per month and you'll get access to a guided monthly Zoom call and an ongoing Discord space for connection. There's always so much gorgeous community and chats happening in that space. So go to patreon.com slash fuckcompetsupportclub, spelled as I said it, but minus the U, 
and fuck, or to make things easy for yourself, just click the link in the show notes. Here you'll find more details and you'll be able to join there. We'd love to welcome you in, whether you've been out for years, are exploring new depths of your queerness, or are questioning your sexuality right now, this space is for you. You truly do belong, and we'd be so excited to welcome you into the club. I think that hetero people and queer people can all benefit from decompheading our sexual practices and mm. making sex not all about intercourse and um, focusing on all of the other different activities that you can do during sex or during intimate activity um, that you know really benefit physically benefit um, all both both or multiple of the partners or um emotionally benefit them as well Mm -hmm. uh because i think that you know there's the the pleasure side of sex but there's also the connective side of sex and having your needs met by your person and um being able to feel that they they care for you and that they're doing things for your benefit and that they're focusing on you. And I think that there is so much beyond just quote sex, sex um, Mm -hmm. that you can experience during intimate activity that really helps everyone within the relationship feel celebrated and loved and cared for. Mm -hmm. I really, really, really feel that. And I like completely agree. And I think there's such an interesting like I know for me this happened like when I did claim queerness there was such an interesting challenging journey of being like oh now I'm now I have to like throw out all these sexual scripts that society has given me that was like you're gonna start here you're gonna make out then you're gonna do this then you're gonna maybe be fingered and then you're gonna do this and it'll eventually lead to this and then you'll be done like this really like kind of cookie I don't know if it's cookie cutter whatever version of sex that's like here's the script here's what you do follow this um and there was this moment of like oh shit like I have to actually own and explore and get clear on like what I really want like I have to know what I want and I have to like ask for it and I have to own it and um you're so right like everyone deserves and needs to take that journey whereas in the past I don't think I was taking ownership of any of those like quote quote desires I was just like this is what we do like I'm supposed to want this now and it wasn't like I came up with this idea based on what I want right so there's this like deepening in like intimacy with ourselves and the other person in so many ways A hundred percent. I mean, I think that we're so lucky to be within the queer community and being able to experience those things with our partners and um, like basically like choose your own adventure. It's Mm -hmm. not necessarily that you're going to have particular kinds of sex. You're going to figure out what really feels good for you and what feels good for your partner. And then maybe add to that or change that as time goes on because you know our preferences in bed are not 
like static, you know, they Mm -hmm. change over time. And I think that it's a really cool thing that we're in a community that really embraces that and explores that a lot. And I think that a lot of like uh, communities within straight communities also do that as well. And, Mm And I'm seeing people embrace this more and more beyond the queer community. And I just think it's a great thing. It's like queering sex Mm -hmm. is taking over like within society in general. And I think that's really amazing. I love that. I'm so excited about that statement. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I'm like, I want a poster in my room. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, Are there any like, like kind of like actionables that you want to invite people into in terms of like shifting the narrative around this. And that could be like people's own, like kind of internal journey with like working through stigma or shame around these things, but it could also be like a more like actionable, like let's fucking challenge censorship in the world of Instagram sort of sort of thing. So yeah, anything you're like inspired to share around that. Yeah. Um, so I think that not for everybody, but for a lot of people, communication about these things is just so helpful. Um, whether it's having a conversation with like a, like a platonic friend, um, about, you know, I'm, I'm being held back in intimate activities by these things. Like, what do you think about that? Um, you know, talking with a friend or friends, um, talking within a group. There's so many great groups out there um, that, you know, focus on whether it is queerness generally or whether it is moving on after trauma. Um, uh, I think that sometimes these, sometimes queer groups um, like will talk a bit about queer sex and um, and they can often be safe spaces to talk about you know feelings about sexual activity um, and then there's you know many therapists that have groups as well um, you know talking and therapy I, I think that for a lot of people talking these things out is a great way to figure out what your options are. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then of course, once you've talked things out and clarified some things within your mind, um, it can be a good time to talk to your partner. Or maybe you talk to your partner before all of this, um, but talking with your partner about your likes and dislikes and your hopes and dreams with regards to intimate activity, um, what you think might be great to add to the bedroom or something to change in the bedroom Um, so yeah, I would say that my actionable item with regards to a lot of what we've talked about is to just talk more and, Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, break through the, the bit of stigma that there is with talking about sex and, um, engage with your partner and other folks about how you're feeling. Um, in terms of another thing we talked about, which is the very frustrating censorship of, uh, oral sex and other forms of sex. Um, aside from intercourse, oh gosh, um, I, I think that one platform that 
is a really amazing platform for sex educators, but also is pretty stifling for sex educators is TikTok. Um, mm -hmm. It's a really wonderful place to be able to talk about things that are important to you. And the algorithm is amazing and it finds your audience and that's so valuable. But um, I think TikTok is, uh, you know, under a lot of pressure to take away a lot of sexual wellness content from the platform. And, um, you know, we get a lot of our videos taken down as community guidelines violations. Um, and, you know, we try to work around that to use euphemisms. Um, but it's, it's really disappointing because so, you know, I was a lawyer before I started Laurels and a, a lot of the work that I did focused on constitutional law and, you know, there's first amendment principles that basically say, you know, the government isn't able to prevent you from talking about certain things in public forums. Um, and there was really great jurisprudence on like quote obscenity laws. And um, basically, you know, when I was in law school, you know, the, the state of the law was that you really could talk about sex in public forums and not be silenced. Mm -hmm. um, nowadays, the public forums are social media and they're not run by the government. You know, it's uh, they're run by large corporations. And um, it sometimes behooves these corporations to not have sex as parts of, of the app, as accessible content on the app. And, um, you know, generally, like a lot of people think that that's because of certain legislation that exists in the United States. Um, but, but basically, these public forums are really silencing a lot of ideas. And, mm -hmm. um, and I think that it's a, a, a sad time for society because like I said earlier, sex is like pleasure, sex is pleasure and pleasure is good. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we're, we're not silencing the basketballs or the dancing or like, you know, the card games, <laughs> like, mm -hmm. or, you know, mm -hmm. we're, we're, we're silencing something that allows people to connect and, really feel such a height of emotions. And um, I would say that the small things that you can do with regards to that is when you see people's videos get taken down, um, like, you know, comment and at the, uh, the provider, whether, or sorry, the, the social media uh, site, whether it's Instagram mm -hmm. or whether it's TikTok um, and just say, you know, this is silencing and this is ridiculous. Um, the, the Earn It Act that is going through Congress right now, um, a lot of folks in the sexual wellness community um, and a lot of sex workers are really deeply concerned about it um, silencing. Uh, and, you know, what happens a lot in this legislation is uh, it's under the guise of protecting children. Hmm. And, you know, that's obviously an extremely, extremely important goal, but it makes it really difficult for people who want there to be more like freedom of speech on these platforms to be able to say, hey, wait a minute, like this is going too far. This is going to have consequences well beyond what you're, what you're trying to protect. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, you know, within the sexual wellness community, people are, are concerned about the Earn It Act. We don't want there to be more silencing of our platforms. 
Um, and then we also hope that we will um, be able to change the laws that are affecting content providers so that we'll be able to actually talk about these things. It's really yeah. important to talk about sex. Um, it's important for adults. It's important for kids too, because <laughs> like, there's a lot that you need to know in order to become a sexually active adult. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, hopefully this has been helpful information and you might be able totally. to get more involved in, in these issues. I got very political there. No, 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 no. Okay. Like <laughs> it's real, it's really valuable. Um, and I'm totally with you in that. I did like a whole episode on censorship because I think it, it does have such awesome. incredible or like awful repercussions and like the ways that, yeah, silence and suppression is being kind of seen as like the go-to plan. I'm like, yeah. mm-hmm. That's only been shown to lead to like more violence, more yes. ignorance, more fetishization. Like it's just really the impacts of that are so far reaching. And I also think like internalizing censorship is real as well. Like what message do we get when we see that the word lesbian is banned from TikTok as like a quote, quote, bad word? Like how does that affect our identity and then how does that affect the way like a young kid treats someone who identifies with that like it's just so far reaching um so I'm I'm really glad that you brought that up and that you like provided some actionable ways like I love what you shared around tagging the social media companies and being like not so much not so much of that like (laughs) um because yeah we really 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 do need to shift that and then like so like sex educators, like all of us who continue to do this work, even with those barriers, I'm so, I'm so grateful for us. And I'm just like to that whole, our whole sexual wellness community. It's really, it's really needed. It's so yeah. needed. It's such important work. Like the work that you all are doing is really, really, truly helping so many people live healthier and happier lives. Uh, and I, and I just... I hate that this is happening. Um, yeah, it's yeah. really sad. I was really sad this morning when I opened the email um, that said, because your website says oral sex and rimming, you're not going to be able to advertise. Mm-hmm. Um, it, like you're restricted from advertising on on many platforms. Um, and, you know, I, I, I know that. I, I know that that is the case. But still, every time it says it, it's like, Mm-hmm. Yeah, I absolutely yeah. feel that. Yeah, mm-hmm, it can mm-hmm. be really discouraging. And I think just like, I'm really grateful for this plot, like for like podcasting platforms mm-hmm. that seem to still be a little more like freedom of speech based. That is very true. Yeah. Podcasting is where it's at right now. It really, yeah. really is. Um, but people need video. People need to be able to see stuff. It's, that's important too. Um, so yeah, hopefully, hopefully things will change. Also, um, in terms of laurels, we're very, very excited to eventually be an STI protection device. Um, because at that point we will be very much like condoms and, um, you know, I believe that we will, be able to advertise in in the same way because at that point we're um protecting against disease and you Mm -hmm. know people see that as a 
more uh more acceptable goal than giving people pleasure. I right. think that both of these should be very, very important, but, um, but at least one of them is more socially acceptable. So, um, you know, we're looking forward to being able to be available and visible on more platforms. When that yeah, happens. that's amazing. And like something I want to say too, is I really appreciate you sharing about like the power of communicating about these things, like in our more interpersonal relationships and with our friends and whatnot and from a more like hopeful perspective I'm like from like yeah just kind of like great like grief around censorship very important and valid and hopeful things is just like I really do believe that in many ways like of course culture shapes us and we also shape culture and us practicing the art of talking about these things and making it normalized like you're saying and speaking about it at the dinner table or with our friends like I do think that does have a powerful way of rippling into policy at some point or like social media regulations at some point hopefully so I think that just like acknowledging the interconnection of it all is important. And I just really appreciate like both of those pieces of what you shared. And I would love for people to know how to connect with you and with Laurels and to like support and receive magic from all the amazing things that you're doing. Yes. Um, so our website is mylaurels.com. So M-Y-L-O-R-A-L-S.com. Uh, excuse me. That's also our handle on um, all social media. Uh, we're really active on TikTok uh, at mylaurels, also on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. Um, and, you know, on our, on our website, we, uh, we have a, a mailing list and we send a lot of updates to that mailing list with uh, advice and um, blog posts and updates in our product releases. Uh, we also have uh, a coupon available um, for folks on that site. And also like, you know, I, I would totally encourage those of your listeners who um, really, really love the idea of oral, but something is holding them back. Check out our website, see if it appeals to you. Um, you know, check out our reviews. A lot of folks have been in the same position um, and have used laurels. And for a lot of people, laurels sort of act as training wheels. Um, mm. They, you know, people will use laurels a few times and that will help them get much more comfortable with this form of intimacy. And then maybe they won't be using laurels anymore and they'll be comfortable with skin to skin contact. Um, that's, you know, wonderful and also wonderful if you want to continue using laurels or if you find that laurels aren't right for you. We just love that we're providing an option for people um, mm -hmm. as, as a way to be able to experience intimacy uh, that you might not otherwise be experiencing. Yes. Love that. I feel like options in general are so incredibly loving and like caring for ourselves and each other. So yes to that. Thank you so much, Melanie, for sharing and just like being an amazing human and doing all of the work you do. And I just like love and super am excited about the conversation we shared today. So thank you so much. Me too, for sure. It was so great chatting with you. Thank you so much for listening, loves. I absolutely adored everything that Melanie shared with us today and just received so much education and awareness and really things that I had never thought about around oral sex through this conversation. So 
definitely encourage folks to go check out Laurels. You're going to find the link for that in the show notes. It is mylaurels.com and their Instagram is the same. It's mylaurels and you can find all of their products and their amazing education and all the work that they're doing there. I really, really, really love these products. If you go over to my Instagram, you'll see me share about my experience with Laurels as well. Once again, I want to remind folks that April is Sexual Assault Awareness Month. So if you're looking for a speaker, if you're passionate about raising awareness, education, and representation, as well as spreading hope and inspiration around this topic in terms of healing and restoration, um, then definitely go check out marleylist.com slash speaking and you can book and inquire about my keynotes, panels, and presentations there. It really is always an honor to connect with you. So check it out. And of course, if this podcast resonated with you, it's always so meaningful when you share and leave a review for us. Sending so much love your way and really stoked for you to hear next week's episode.